Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall. I'm here with Bruce Weiner, my co-host, and some fabulous return guests, John and Missy Butcher. Welcome to the show, John and Missy. Hey, great to be here. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, let's dig into a topic that I think is really important and not talked about often enough. And in this whole concept of leaving and building a legacy and family wealth, that can seem these giant concepts that maybe feel almost out of reach. But you guys have done some amazing work with Lifebook. You're the CEOs of Lifebook. You've built this amazing dream life. You're coming to us live from your Hawaii home that you've built. And you have this beautiful life that you've designed. And I want to talk with you about how designing your life in all of these different categories of wealth really creates family wealth. And so as we come into the show, let's just, I wanna let our audience know that you guys have been here before, you've talked about your backstory and what led into the creation of Lifebook and you really were just looking for a way to live your ideal life and you were able to do it and then people started asking you, how do I do this too? And it turned into this giant company called Lifebook that helps people all around the world do amazing things, right? That's correct. So let's today really more so dig into what this whole idea of family wealth means specifically in the area of if you are wanting extraordinary relationship with with your kids and you want to have a family that's fun, you want to have memories that you're creating together, you want to have that strong family, how do you get there from a life book perspective? And so that's what we're going to be asking you guys about today, the magic behind what you guys have created. Perfect. Awesome. So let's go ahead and kind of just jump in first. How would you define wealth, this giant concept that many people just struggle to get their hands around? We have have a super, super simple definition of wealth. Wealth to us is an abundance of anything desirable. An abundance of anything desirable. That can be love. That can be money. That can be physical health and physical fitness. That can be emotional well-being. It's just being surrounded by a surplus of all Mm -hmm. the good stuff Mm -hmm. in any category. And it also has to do with an abundant mindset as opposed to the scarcity mindset. We've talked about that before. Just having that perspective coming at the world of, you know, there's enough. There's I am that, enough. I, I'm enough. There's enough. I I'm always enough. cared for. It's that that creates a bed for wealth yep. to grow. Oh, that's awesome. And I know that it's so interesting when you're talking about abundance of anything desirable. I mean, that's far more than money. And I think Definitely. loud and clear, I think if, if our listeners just as a um, pre um, opening the curtain for what this conversation is going to be all about today, wealth is so much more than money, which means then that family wealth is going to be a lot more than a family that has a lot of money. So let's kind of dig well, into let me just real quick, Rachel, because I want to make a distinction. I don't think that I don't think that money is wealth at all. Money mm-hmm. represents that's a that's a slight distinction, but it's an important distinction. Wealth is physical 
wealth is different than money. Money, money is a is literally a standard of valuing wealth. That's where people get confused. You spend your life chasing dollars. You're 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 chasing the representation of wealth, not the wealth itself. This table is wealth. That rock wall behind us is wealth. This is wealth. Physical wealth. You can have a you can have emotional wealth. You can have well-being in, in wealth. Mm. Money simply represents wealth. It's not the same thing as wealth. You could be alone on a desert island with a trillion dollars and you wouldn't be able to do anything with it. You wouldn't be able to eat it. You wouldn't be able to live in it. You wouldn't be able to do anything with it. On its own, money has zero value. The only value that money has is representing wealth and allows us to trade our goods and services more easily. So that's an important distinction that most yes. people don't understand. John, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that, that's something that we try to tell people because they chase the money, they chase the money, and that's the stressful part of it that's is exactly they're always right. chasing the money. The, 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 and what you're saying is, I believe this is what you're saying is, is that the money is only a representation, and, and that was why money was developed, right? To make it yep. easier to, to uh, get goods and services um, because before that there was just simply bartering. And if yes. you didn't, and if you didn't have what the other person wanted, you could you could not barter with them, and so that's, that's exactly. how money was developed. Where so that's a confused, really great. Where we get confused because money is a standard of value mm -hmm. because it was invented so that we could trade goods and services more easily. The more we accumulate, we can we can buy a lot of stuff with that wealth that, that or with that money. That money gives us freedom. That money gives us the ability to to acquire wealth. But that money is not wealth itself, and that's a big thing to understand. Because that shifts your priorities. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll go a little bit deeper into that, I'm sure, in this conversation. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes, I love that. And uh, I'm going to use that as a jumping off point to our next, our next question here. But the idea you mentioned, you could have a trillion dollars alone on a desert island. That does not guarantee that you're going to have a healthy marriage relationship. That doesn't guarantee you're going to be socially fulfilled. That doesn't guarantee emotional health. That does not guarantee quality relationships with your kids and your grandkids which is really, I think, at the core, what all of us really want, not just the money. Mm -hmm, so let's dig back into what would you say in terms of designing your ideal life, what would you say are the core values of your home? The, the core values of our home and our family that we've raised our kids. L let me do this. Let me just step back real quick and give the Lifebook framework. So that oh, please do. And how we came to oh, our understanding of what wealth is how we decided on the core values of our home, how did we do all those things. Lifebook is a personal development program that allows you to look deeply at the 12 most important areas of your life. And those areas are your health and fitness, your intellectual life, your emotional life, your character, your spiritual life, money, which is your financial life, your career, your, all your relationships, etc. Mm -hmm. And in each of these 12 categories, you ask yourself the same four questions. What do I believe about this category? What are my foundational beliefs that control my behavior in this area of my life, for better or for worse? Mm -hmm. Number two, and hugely important, what precisely do I want in this area of my life? What do I want my love relationship mm -hmm. to be like? That's what? a huge question. Most people don't know. Huge. They just do not know. Yeah. That, that's one of the key questions yeah. as we go on. Secondly, uh, thirdly is why do I want that? What's the purpose behind that vision? And fourth is, is strategy. What do I need to get that? That's what I want, and that's why I want it. What do I need to get it? 
So what we've spent the last 25, 30 years of our life doing is, is going more and more deeply into those four questions across those 12 categories of life. So when you ask what are the core values of our home, the way we got to the, those core values is we sat down and we thought about our family life. We thought about that incredibly important category of parenting, mm-hmm. raising kids. And we asked ourselves, what are our beliefs? What is appropriate to the kind of extraordinary family that we want to build? What precisely do we want in this area of our life? Why is that important? And what do we need to do to get it? And so at the end of that exploration, the three values that we decided to focus in on for the last 25 years as the core values of our home are the following. Freedom is number one. That's our number one value in life. Mm-hmm. Self-responsibility is number two. It's the other side of the, the coin. Of of first, oh, yeah. okay. So and, true. And the third is the third is a Japanese word for for love, but it can also mean mutual respect. It, it, it's it's a it's a it's a specific flavor of love. It's not romantic love. It's it, it's it's a love for your fellow man that would ensure that you would never tread on their rights. And you would not allow them to tread on yours. So it's this, it's this loving mutual respect. So those are the, the, the three fundamental values of our home and how that plays out in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Kids, you've pretty much got the freedom to do what you want and to say what you want in this house within guidelines. We don't have very many rules, but we mean the ones we have and everyone knows what they are. So we give our kids as much freedom to express themselves as possible. But number two you will take responsibility for the words that come out of your mouth and the actions you take. You will not assign blame to others for the mistakes that you make. You're going to man up and take responsibility for the choices that you make with your freedom. And third, you will not ever violate the rights of the people around you, nor will you put up with other people violating your rights. And these, these three basic principles, basically they're the foundation because everything comes from that love, compassion, kindness, understanding, you know, all the things that you want. It's like a platform that you can just yeah. grow from. Because something about John and I is that we, we love to simplify things, simplify mm. things down to the, this, this perfect little essence of a nugget so that it, so it doesn't get convoluted. So it's like our kids know those three rules. It's basically freedom, self-responsibility, and love. So everything else sprouts from that. So it's like they know if they've crossed one of those boundaries. I mean, everybody knows. It's like you can only have so much freedom you have as much freedom as you can responsibility exactly. so often and it has to be balanced right so they know when they're out of balance and they feel it and immediately we take their freedoms away and then they get to their responsibility and one of the things about being so clear about family values like that rachel is when our kids break the rules they know, like sometimes they will consciously break the rules like i remember one time our 17 year old daughter took a bottle of wine out of our wine room, which was naughty, but her boyfriend was over and she wanted to have a romantic dinner. She literally left us a note that said, Mom and Dad, I broke the rules. I took the bottle of wine. I had an amazing night. I know I'm going to get punished for this. But I just want you to know that, right? And so, yeah, just your She actually you're, you're get she did not get punished for that because it was so, yeah. like, that's a really good reason to take a bottle of wine. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, so those, are our, those are our home rules that are really, I yeah. mean, for us, you guys, everybody's different. Everyone yeah. really has to figure out their own operating philosophy that works best for them. But for us, freedom, self-responsibility, mm-hmm. and mutual respect have been right. a magic formula for raising and our, our life, kids. And life book helps you get to that. It helps you find your own personal That's philosophy. Because right. so, everyone's different. We all are individuals. 
-hmm. And that's what we need to do is honor the individual because diversity is what makes up our world. And that's kind of going against the grain these days, but I think that that's, that's where we're headed. So John I and Missy, I, I, I thought I heard through this process that it's impossible to have freedom without self-responsibility. Is that fair to say? I think it's impossible to maintain it. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I don't want to get into too much because this is about you, but that, that's part of the problem nowadays is when people yes. want to victimize themselves from other people and not take their own responsibility, they're actually giving up freedom to other people. That's exactly right. Yes. That's exactly right. It's called the sanction of the victim. Yeah, we're lost in Yes. And then taking too much freedom then causes other people to have to have more responsibility than they should have, which then puts more of a, a restraint or a limitation on other people. And it's not a uh, mutually re uh, respectful way to live. Because mm -hmm. if I take all the resources or I damage your property or I badmouth you, well, then if I'm doing that negative thing that is taking too much freedom, I'm stepping into too much of that, then that is not the feeling that anyone else wants to have and I'm, I'm not going to have healthy relationships as a result. Well, Rachel, that's our third rule. You've violated our yeah. third rule, which is you will not violate the rights of the people around you. Right, right. You have freedom when it comes to your own choices and actions. Mm -hmm. You do not put your stuff on other people because they have freedom too. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, that, that's been a balance. Mm -hmm. And teaching your kids from a very early age that they are the authors of their own life. They are Love the it. decision makers mm -hmm. at the center of their own existence. You're not a passenger in this car. You're the driver of that's this right. car. Mm -hmm. When you're living in our house, we're obviously guiding you and helping you upon your life path. We're going to give you as much freedom as you can handle. What is the indication of that? How much responsibility are you able to take for yourself? If you, mm -hmm. if you, if we give you freedom and you aren't able to handle it, you, you got a, you got a ticket for, for speeding. You, you didn't handle that situation right. Now that freedom's going to be taken away from you for a little bit until you can handle it again. You can try again. And it's worked like a charm for it us. Is. It really has. Because freedom, freedom allows for them to be curious. It allows for them to develop their own, exactly their own essence really. Yep. And so many mm -hmm. times, our parents can squish that. Teachers can squish that. Preachers, whoever, you know, the authority can squish that. So we really give them free range as much as we can. Well, Missy and I uh, understood from a very, very early time in our relationship that we don't own our kids. Our kids yes, are individuals. Yes. They own their own lives. That's We're right. here to be their stewards. And, and we have raised them like as that. As soon as possible. That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I think what's really interesting about this whole idea is that a lot of times, coming back to the idea of family wealth, a lot of times people think, well, if I am a wealth creator, I'm somehow going out, I'm providing value, I'm being entrepreneurial, I'm serving the world, I'm giving them value, dollars are flowing into my life as a result, then, well, if I give that to my kids, then am I actually helping them to develop the same character, the same disciplines, the same responsibility in life, or am I just enabling them to use the money that I've given to them? And Really, the ultimate goal of parenting, I think, is to create highly functioning humans in society that do own their own life story, that are their own hero, that understand their place in the world, and they then rise to do great things. And they kind of stand on our shoulders as the parents, instead of being limited by what we've done, they stand and rise above that. Right, right. That's exactly so very well said. And I'll tell you, that each situation is different and each kid is different and the mm -hmm. resources that need to be brought to bear on each situation is different. So that's a real custom mm -hmm. mission 
to, yeah. to, to try to figure out what your specific kid mm -hmm. with, with their specific talents, their specific passions, mm -hmm. their specific limitations probably, you know, how do you put that package together? And that's almost mm -hmm. a kid by kid thing. That's difficult to do in a formula driven way, but oh, you can sure. have these guiding principles that really help. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love that you start from intentionality. And I even love that you share the whole life book process first, because it's very important to have that intention in each area. And I think probably the main problem with people just living a life by default instead of by design would be just going through the motions, not really stopping to ask themselves those questions. What is important? And so they can't get to the values unless they ask those intentional questions. And so thank you for sharing that process. You know, I, I think that the before and after of going through that process is literally a different life. Mm -hmm. before, before you go through the work of taking a look at the most important areas of your life and asking yourself those questions so that you can get on a path of self-discovery of your own beliefs and attributes, et cetera, and get totally dialed into the person you want to become and the life you want to live, that before and after process is literally tantamount to living a different life. Mm, that's it's awesome. So as you're talking about the, oh, sorry, Missy, go ahead. Were you saying something? I was just going to say, it's all about consciousness. It's about bringing consciousness to, the reason we divide life, our life up into 12 categories is because your life is big and complicated, right? And there are 12 very important, there's a bunch of more categories, but there's 12 like fundamental uh, they're not electives. They're yeah. necessary, right? You're they're really, mandatory. Yeah, if you're going to have an extraordinary life and a really conscious life, these are the 12. And you can see they're all, they're all one thing, your life. But what we do is we kind of dissect, we pull your life apart so that you can really get deeply conscious on every single one. Because what happens in the end, you realize you have, you have discovered all of your own beliefs, all of your own values, all of your own, in every category. And that does, you know, roll into one life. So it's, it's a consciousness exercise, and it really does raise your level of consciousness because you dive deep. So it's a, it's a really... That's esoteric, but it's it also is. totally literal. That's totally yeah. literally what happens. That's excellent. So let's come back to, you talked about the core values of your home. What character traits would you say are really important that you are hoping to instill in your children as you're parenting them and developing these great relationships for the purpose of hopefully them being great contributing members of society. What are those character traits that you focus on? We, we've defined yeah. those clearly too. <laughs> yes. Here are the four character traits that Missy and I focused on for the last 33 years. <laughs> and again, we simplified them all down because some, these are roots. They're yeah. kind of like roots. So, so we've been yeah. doing this for decades with our kids. So here's, here's what we want to do. We want to raise independent. That's number one, healthy, happy, courageous children. We feel that those are the traits that they need to thrive in the 21st century. Independence is number one because they are their own unique individuals and our job is to get them autonomous, to get mm -hmm. them self-sufficient, to get them up and running as fast as possible, mm -hmm. as fast as humanly possible. And there's a lot in that one. Yeah. There's a lot in that one. That means you, they have to learn how to, they have to personally develop themselves. Yes. They have to I mean, it's not just like that one attribute. It's like, ooh, there's a lot in that one, right? Well, you can see if our core value of our home is freedom, yeah. that, that one of the core attributes that we'd want to build into our kids is independence. Yeah. Those two are mm -hmm. very, very tied and together. It's about being make, autonomous. Knowing how to make their own decisions based yeah. on their own values and their yeah. own intuition and stuff like that. I mean, that's what we're, we're trying to really teach our kids. Who are you? 
and what do you really want out there? We'll help you get there. And so that's a matter of, of not teaching them what to think. That's a matter of teaching them how to think right. so they can do it themselves. And that's, that is something that too many parents fail to do in, in this day and age. There's almost no attention ever, even in school, paid to, to the laws of logic, reason, mm -hmm. rationality, the rules of critical thinking, how to tell a bad idea from a good idea. This, to me, that's is the huge. fundamental skill that's going yes. to be required in the 21st century mm -hmm. to navigate the shit show of information we got out there on the Internet. If you don't have a semblance of that skill, you're, you're done. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really teaching our kids how to be independent thinkers Mm -hmm. It's a huge, huge and thing. Their own individual, like becoming their individual human. Exactly. That's what that's all about. So there's a lot there. So independent, then of Love course it. health. Healthy yeah. is about health, health and fitness and about intellectual, emotional, and physical well-being. Relationships, your yep. relationship to yourself, food, exercise, the whole, the whole gamut there. Happy. <laughs> that one's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Aristotle said that happiness is the aim and end of human existence, the whole purpose of human life. So that's, that's a pretty big one. That's a big one. And then, then, then lastly, courageous, because we feel that the coming world is going to require courageous people. And uh, we're sort of seeing less and less of mm -hmm. that around us, people that are willing to stand up for their convictions. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be an important part of the 21st century. It also takes courage to do what we just said exactly. in those first three. So <laughs> it takes courage to start, to start, to yeah. start moving around in the universe and seeing what's there. So it takes courage to take responsibility for does. yourself and oh, to, lots. to acknowledge that you're the decision maker at the center that's of right. your existence. No one's coming to make your life right. The no, one. there is no knight in shining yeah. armor coming in to solve your problems. If you want a happy, healthy, fulfilling life, it is up to you to define what that life looks like and to figure out how to get there because no one else is going to do it for you. I love just the idea of owning your life requires courage. And I know for a fact that as I step into courage in various areas of my life that I mm -hmm. see so much fulfillment. Whereas right. when, when you don't bring courage, you don't get that same sense of satisfaction. And so the, the universe, the universe rewards courage. Yeah. It's almost it like does. courage is a piece of self-esteem. It's the starter. It's like, if you can just have enough courage to get going, then you can start your self-esteem motor, which is basically, Oh, it's your relationship with yourself. I said, I'm going to do that. I did it. I crushed it. I'm going to do that again. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's how you build your own. Missy, that's very interesting because I don't know if you know this. I actually was an educator and I was a teacher for 17 years before I got wow. into this career. And I, it used to drive me crazy when um, a parent would say, uh, well, you have to give them their self-esteem. And I would say, you can't give them self-esteem. It has to come from accomplishments within them. Mm -hmm. And so you, yeah. have to, you have to put them in a position so that they accomplish something for the and that's how they get the self-esteem. You can't give self-esteem to anybody. You are so right. Self-esteem has to be earned, and there's no way to fake it. Uh -uh. Nathaniel no. Brown's self-esteem is your experience of being competent to cope with the basic challenges of life. You can rise up to the occasion. I'm, I'm competent to cope with what comes at me and the experience of being deserving of happiness. Yeah. The only way you can start to feel competent to cope with the basic challenges of life is to actually start coping with them mm -hmm. and start to develop a good mm -hmm. reputation with That's yourself. Right. It can't be faked. It has to be earned. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that, I think, is, is one of the – your model of self-esteem that you just put on the table mm -hmm. where, where, where teachers and parents are saying, we've got to give our children self-esteem, 
through participation trophies mm -hmm. and all, it literally has the opposite yeah. effect. Damaging. The opposite effect of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you see it. You see it in in people that are trying to do wealth creation by simply uh, stockpiling money and then giving it to their children. I've seen this over and over about the, the the children. Yes, they have money, but they almost feel inferior and have low self esteem because they didn't do anything to create right. this. And that's and a recipe disaster. It's a very big recipe for disaster yeah. that I've seen. Now, what yeah. the 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 other side of it is, is that I then see parents uh, that have uh, money that then feel like, oh, I failed the the next generation, and they're older, and they're like, I ruined my life and my children's life, and I try to talk to them, and I'm saying, hey, okay, let's just let's just say you have, okay, let's. I'm not even going to argue with you because I don't know whether you did or not, but what are we going to do from now on, you know, going forward? Let's stop talking about what I did. And let's talk about what I'm going to do going forward. And so can you kind of tie all that together? Like, uh, I, it, it's a little bit what you said, taking self-responsibility early. But to get that message out to people that it's not too late yeah. to go through these. It's never too late. It's never yeah. too late to, to plant a tree or to take responsibility for yourself. What's that? Oh, there's a, there's great, a great Japanese, Japanese quote. quote. The best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago. Yeah. The second best time is today. Today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of my, one of my, my mentors, Nelson Nash, uh, from the Nelson Nash Institute, he, he was a forester uh, from the University of Georgia. And he used that, that saying all the time because people say, oh, I, I wish it. I would have. He goes, well, the best time would have been that he actually used 30 years. Maybe he didn't want to <laughs> uh, step on the toes of that person. 30 years. But the next best day is today. So let's get started yeah. today. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that being said, what – First of all, Missy and I are not good at the financial category from the standpoint of financial instruments or investing or anything that anything has we don't know. anything that has to yeah. do with the second layer. Yes. We're good at the first layer. Yeah. We know how to create wealth. We deeply understand the fundamentals of wealth creation. And before wealth can be taxed, before it can be invested, before it can be mooched, before it can be looted, before it can be redistributed, it's got to be created always before there can be the entire layer on top of it of buying and selling stocks and all the, all the crazy wealth world. The fundamental premise of wealth is that it's got to be created by human beings at some point. And then it starts getting tossed around and manipulated. Mm -hmm. We're good at that. We're good at the foundation of it. So we've taught our kids deeply the fundamentals of wealth creation. And, and so they've got that instilled in them, and we're seeing them at their young ages starting to hit, you know, do some bullet shots mm -hmm. out at some really wonderful projects. Our two older ones are dialed in, and they've, they, they've got it going. Yeah. Our two younger ones are still, still experimenting. Um, yeah, but what we want to do is we want to help our kids learn how to create wealth, which is an expression. The fundamental of wealth creation to us can be summed up in the more you give, the more you get. That is the fundamental concept mm -hmm. of wealth creation. The more you give, the more you get. Yes. Which I would it's based on it's based on self-actualization. Because in order to give, you have to you have to find that within you. You have to find the best thing that you can serve up to humanity, to your brothers and sisters out here in the world, right? What is my service or product? What how can I so it is, it's a very spiritual like, it's, journey. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. But you don't have to start with 
what is the best inside me that I can give? I mean, you should start there, but just getting on the path to wealth creation is what's going to make that self-actualization happen. So basically what we tell our kids, and I'm talking about our our young kids, our, our, our early teenagers, when they come to us and say, mom and dad, you know, how do we get, well, I'm ready to, ready to make money. <laughs> yeah. All right, if, if you're ready to explore that, here are the questions to ask yourself. The first question is, what do I love doing? What am I passionate about? What, 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 what would I do if I didn't even have to do it? What am I interested mm-hmm. in? What am I fascinated by? Mm-hmm. Number two, what am I good at right now? What, what, what are my gifts? What are my talents? Then how can I take my passions and my talents and put them to work in the service of other people? Because fundamentally, wealth is about creating value for other human beings. Mm -hmm. But you need to be able, if you want to create wealth for yourself, if you want a nonprofit organization, you can stop there. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm passionate about. And I can use these skills to create value for other people in the following way. If you actually want to enrich yourself, you have to ask one final question. And that's how can I do that? How can I create value for other people with my talents in a financial model that works for me too? so that I can earn a profit proportionate to the value that I create for others. And that's simply a matter of building in a piece for you, making sure that you're taken care of in that equation. Because if you're not taken care of, you ain't going to be doing it for very long and you're not going to be helping very many people. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't work. The equation doesn't work. If, if it's exactly not right. win-win that's everywhere, right. that's where it's, 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 it's like a natural law. If you don't have a balanced deal or a balanced uh, offering, you know, of some kind, then it's not going to work. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it for long. That's right. So we literally have our kids, our 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids, <laughs> make a list of everything they love doing. And I'm talking about playing video games can be on that list. That can. Mm-hmm. There are yeah, people that have sure. made a billion dollars on video games, kids right? Are, and kids are unbelievably creative yeah. if you let them be. All the things you love, all the things you're fascinated about, all the things that you're good at, the, the talents that you have, the gifts that you've been given. Every idea that you can think of about how to take that stuff and create value for other people. And now let's take a look at maybe the three best ideas on that list and see if we can create a financial model around that that will allow you to express the best that's inside of you for the benefit of others. And when they pay you for that good or that service, you make sure that you've got a little piece of profit built in for you and that's what makes it sustainable. And that's the path to wealth. That's like the super simple parenting philosophy around wealth that we've shared with our kids. And, and John, I don't know, I don't know if you know Mike Michalowicz, but he actually has a book called Profit First. And he actually says to entrepreneurs, you know, he he dismisses this whole idea that, oh, you you, you have to go five years of pain before you, you know, even, you know, turn a profit. I totally read the cliff notes for that yeah. book and it was brilliant. It was a completely different concept of how to start a company. Really? Yeah, yes. he literally starts Ooh, the company with a profit person and builds yes. around it. Yes. And, and, part, and part of it is, is first of all, you've got to make sure that you're doing what you like you, you love, what you said, but you're also doing something that adds value that you know that's going to generate revenue, not just something that you're hoping is going to work, exactly. you know, so and so forth, and you don't know if it's going to build value. And then you need to take a piece, you know, off of it for you right away. And, yes. and you have to day design one. it for that from day one. Yes. It, that's, that's the opposite of what entrepreneurs do. Yeah. We, right. We pay somebody else. We put all the upfront money <laughs> and there's nothing left for us. I like that. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. yeah, Missy, I, I, I say what most entrepreneurs do is they actually just buy themselves a job 
and they're the lowest paid person at that job. Exactly. <laughs> that is so true. How much yeah. do you make? Well, whatever's left over is yeah. what I make. And, and it's usually yeah. not very much. <laughs> you know what's so interesting is that <clears throat> I was going to bring up the same concept of Profit First earlier when you guys were talking because I heard the same philosophy and theory in there. And really, your clients want you to be successful. They want you to make a profit because they want you to stay in business so you'll still be around to serve them next year and the following year and the year after. So yeah, it's, you know, it's too bad that we have to apologize for profit. It's not clear at what point people started demonizing your ability to feed your own family through your labor, but that's just a bunch of crap that needs to be thrown away and gotten rid of in, in, in our society. Yeah, I agree. Making profit, making a profit for your hard labor is the moral it's outcome. Serious. Yes. It's exactly right. And so it's too bad that that got, that got tweaked a little bit in, in human history, but we've really got to start preaching that that's the mechanism that makes all of this sustainable. You know, John and Missy, I remember you guys talking way many years back. I came across your information and heard you guys talking about how important it is and how noble it is to desire to create wealth. And it was just really interesting that that has really framed and supported a lot of my knowledge and my growth in terms of the idea of wealth creation. And when you were talking earlier, you mentioned that you're not focused on the tacticals or the strategies or the products of financial management. Services, yeah. But you understand the principle, which is the deeper layer. It's the root system for how to make wealth in the first place. And what's interesting, I want to connect that over to another idea. You're not saying, here I am, I'm mom and dad, I'm the patriarch and matriarch of this family. I'm going to build my wealth with my knowledge and my skills and abilities. And kids, you come on board with what I'm doing and you support this family business and this will be your legacy. You're saying, how can I help you instead figure out what you're passionate about, what is interesting to you and help you, you grow and flourish? And that same idea has come out in multiple areas and ways. We were talking to somebody named Keith Whitaker. He's written a book or he's a co-author on a book called Total or Complete Family Wealth. And he talks about that same idea, this rising generation, not the original or the first generation wealth creators, but the ones that come up after them and focusing on supporting them and their values and their life and their hero's journey. And what's interesting about that is every family that I've ever seen have strong nurturing relationships and just really that legacy that you see streamed through multiple generations, they focus on supporting those goals and the, the mission of the next generation and the the generations after. And so I see you you guys doing that really well. There is an overlap though, Rachel. There's a big overlap. And that is when our kids are young, it's extraordinary to have them involved in our businesses. Oh, absolutely. They learn so much. And so, so, but then as they start to really get a little bit more dialed into the channel of their own passions Mm -hmm. and their own talents, then they can start to explore with our support. So our son, Jordan, when he was a teenager, he made two really good records. We're, we're a family of musicians. Jordan made two really good records, didn't make any money on them, but he, it's a year-long project mm-hmm. to make a full-length album, and he, and he did oh, two wow. of them. He also was very interested in the Green Rush in, in uh, California when marijuana first got medicinally legal, and it, there was a Green Rush, right? Mm-hmm. So he tried that when he was like 19 18. years old, 18, 19. He moved out to California, but he was too late 
to take advantage of that, but he learned a ton, learned a ton about growing basically. So what he ended up doing with his skills, he had serious auto engine, audio engineering skills, and he knew a lot about growing. So he started a podcast called Growcast, mm -hmm. which has become the number one podcast in the world for, uh, for marijuana growers. And wow. then from there, he came back and ran the podcast for our coffee company, Purity Coffee, mm -hmm. the healthiest coffee in the world. He came back and, ran, and he's running our podcast for Lifebook right now, interviewing some of the greatest people on the planet. And so that's a perfect, mm -hmm. that, that's a perfect example of how they come and go through our companies. They learn what they need to learn. We support them going in their direction. And it just mm -hmm. all ends up, we, we've got family businesses, but kids shoot off in different directions and yeah. everybody's supporting everybody else. And it's just you know, a really wonderful thing. I, I love this question, this whole topic, because we actually are three generations of family, like, like John's father, artist entrepreneur. He started a huge company. So John's one of seven kids, right? So the kids came up and it was kind of like what you said, the first, the first uh, idea. It was like, okay, kids, this right. is the business. This is the family business. This is what we're going to do, This right? is what we got to work with. <laughs> yeah, and it was a, I mean, it's a huge opportunity. There, there's that. So if you, you have that big opportunity. So all the kids did work, even, even me, when I was a teenager, I worked at that company. Um, but that, and it's, I mean, we are people that work with our families. Yeah. I mean, that's just what we do. We believe in nepotism, 100%. <laughs> Super That's tricky, awesome. Really, but but here's the here's I would say here's the key. You have to be good at relations. You have to be good at relationships because if you if you're not, it's going to go off the rails immediately. You have to be able to, to relate to the other, and that's why I love Rachel how you're bringing this into wealth because relationship to the other is like the first step yeah, in true. in making anything happen. Yeah. You know, in making anything happen out there with someone else. I mean. You know, it's, yep. it's so important. Nepotism, it, there's nothing better when it works and there's nothing worse when yeah. it doesn't. So you got to be careful yes. with it. Yes. But it's so wonderful to work with your kids. It it's so wonderful to work with your parents when you can make it work. And like with our kids, they can, they can work in any of our businesses if they want, if they have the skill, if they have the desire. But what we tell them is if you're going to work for one of our companies, you have to work twice as hard, yeah. twice as long, and you'll get, maybe you'll get paid the same, maybe you won't. But you have to, since you're our kid, you have to freaking yeah. put it in hard. That, that, that's the opposite. More of responsibility, the, right? Yeah. yeah well, right. It's, it's the opposite of the normal nepotism role where people are like, well, you can't really say anything to him because he's the son of the owner. We're like, the if you're the son of the owner, you are setting the example right. of what an ideal employee is. You have more to prove than anybody else. So, so the, the, that's... I, and I really truthfully mm -hmm. think that that's one of the things that makes nepotism work. It does. Because we really mm -hmm. let those kids know, you're not going to come in here and set a bad example. You're going to be the ideal example if yeah. you're going to be doing this. Or we'll fire well, you. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting about that exact idea is that you guys get it. I mean, you get that it's not about the money. It's really about the relationships. And ultimately, what I see you doing in that almost a mentoring type of position. I mean, as a parent, you're almost like a mentor to your kids to raise them up into being a successful adult and a successful human. But what I hear you guys doing is instilling that responsibility and making sure that they understand more than getting money. What they're really developing is the, that character. They're developing exactly. their, their muscle of figuring out how to provide that value to other people, which is definitely a learnable skill. It's not something that I think most people think of naturally when they think, 
you know, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to go get a job and I'm going to, you know, get a big fancy house and a big fancy car. And they think of all the things they're going to do with their money, but they don't think about how am I going to provide that value and what am I going to do to create the money in the first place? And I think that's the number one most important thing to instill in your kids so that wealth can grow over generations and not just stay flat or shrink. So I want to take this one more step as we're talking about families to have a family, you have to have individuals to have wealth. You have to create value. What is the starting point of all of this? I know we talked at the beginning of the show before we went uh, on the recording, we're talking about the importance of really focusing in on yourself as an individual and doing the individual work and taking that personal responsibility, not just being a great parent or a great spouse or a great business owner, but being a great person. Can you talk about that and how that plays into the work that you guys do at LifeBook? So are you asking how individualism plays into wealth creation is one of the components of that question? Sure. You can, you can go that direction. The bottom line is Rachel, it it all starts with the individual and that doesn't mean what you mean by that doesn't matter what you mean by it. It all starts with the individual. (laughs) Wealth starts with the individual. Why? Because wealth must be experienced internally before it can be expressed externally. Mm. Michael Jordan made a ton of wealth because he could do what he did. It started in here. Every author, every painter, every product developer, every it, it all comes from inside. The more you give, the more you get. It starts here. And it's the same with, with every, every form of human endeavor. You cannot have an extraordinary relationship without having two extraordinary individuals. Mm-hmm. You can't have an extraordinary collective of any kind without having extraordinary individuals in that collective. It all starts with you. The, the more you give, the more you get. If you don't have anything to give because you haven't developed yourself, if you, have, you, know, if, if you just never spend any time thinking about your, your passions and your talents and how you can create value for other people, and, and you're weak from the standpoint of being able to contribute, you're mm-hmm. not going to get a whole lot back ever in any area of your life. And I mean, I, I like to think about it like this, a community of people, a community. That's not, that's, yes, that is one thing, but it's, you can't have a community without individuals, right? right. You can't have that thing without each individual being part of that. And it's like we, we're all each each here to bring forth something that we have inside of us to to ser- I always say serve That's to, good to give to create value to share create yeah, value to create is really value. exactly yeah. and it's like the the more the more you can go inside and really get your personal development going on and discover who you are and what you want the more you have to bring up and offer because you know what it is so. Okay, I'm sorry. Our dog is barking. That's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I lost my train of thought. Right, anyway, we were just talking about the individual. What else did you want to say about that? Well, I, I think I, I basically think I said it. My, my philosophy is that everything starts with the individual, period. And that's what Lifebook is. Lifebook is an right. individual journey where you're going you're gonna to go deep in it's a process of self-discovery, but it's also a process of self-creation. Mm-hmm. It's both. So the self-discovery effect is, is, is a matter of, of discovering and understanding things about you and accepting things about you, yourself. The self-creation aspect is bringing intention to the person that I'd like to become 
and the life that I'd like to live. And that'll affect every, everything that you do from, from your, your career and financial life to your relationships, to how you take care of yourself physically. It expresses out from inside. Did you always, did you always have 12 categories or did you have less and then you expanded or more than brought it back down? Tell us a little bit about the development of the 12. Life book was born out of a, out of a pretty difficult time in my life. When I was in my early thirties, 25 years ago, I, I had a, a pretty much a nervous breakdown. It was a, it was a severe anxiety disorder that generalized and I was housebound. I literally had agoraphobia for a few months. I, I couldn't leave my house. I was screwed. And I was CEO of a couple big companies. So it was really a mess. I had to like take time off. And, and that's when I started studying personal development. That was the very beginnings of Lifebook. So the first year that I was doing this, I was literally just collecting notes from the great programs that I was doing. And I eventually started to categorize them. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. I, here's my love notes. Here's my health notes, here's my money notes, here's my career notes, here's my parenting notes. And so those categories sort of started to evolve. And then at some point early on, I asked myself, okay, if I want to do more than just heal and be okay again, if I want to really create an extraordinary life Mm -hmm. that works at a high level in every important area, what are the most important areas that I really have to master or at least get my head wrapped around in order to have an extraordinary life? That's the year we did deep thinking mm-hmm. and, and came up with this 12-category methodology. Mm-hmm. That's just so, so awesome. So as I think Lifebook is one of the ideal ways to do that deep work, tell us a little bit more about what Lifebook is and how somebody would connect with you guys to get started and get involved. Okay. All you got to do is, is Google search Lifebook Online. Mm-hmm. Lifebook Online is offered by Mind Valley, our partner. Lifebook Online is a six-week online course where you're doing two categories a week. So there's 12 categories you're going to examine, two categories a week. And basically what it is, is it's a 90-minute interactive video where you're doing a deep dive in health and fitness. And by the time you're done with that category, you'll have defined your beliefs, your vision, your purpose behind that vision, and the strategies you need to, the things you need to do in order to achieve that vision. Um, and so that it goes that way through the, through, the, through the whole course. The offer is really interesting. We've got an unprecedented offer. It's one of the most successful offers online right now, which is basically the Lifebook course. It, it was a $1,295 course when we first introduced it. Now it's free with accountability. That's what we call it, free with accountability. $500 security deposit. And if you finish the course, if you go all the way through the six-week course and finish it, you can request your money back in full and get a full refund. And that's how Lifebook is free. Now, at the end of that, we make you another offer to go into our second level course in our membership, and you'll be in love with the process by then. So most people continue to move on. But if you want your money back, you can get your money back. And the reason we do that, Rachel, is because our mission is a million people with a Lifebook, period. That's what we're doing on this planet. I love and that. So if you go through Lifebook and don't continue your journey with us and get Lifebook for free, You've helped us get one step closer to our mission, and that's why we've got that. Because we're trying, we're trying to turn that personal responsibility switch. We don't tell people this right out of the gate because people aren't so in love with, oh, I have to take responsibility for myself. But really, truly, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people flip that switch. And it's very much like what Bruce was saying earlier. You can't do this for other people. You can't give them self-esteem. You can't even teach them how to take responsibility. You can show them, you can talk about it, but they literally have to have an aha moment inside where they're like, oh, 
this is my world. This is my life. Okay, got it. So you, it's a really, it's what we're doing though is we want to really wake people up because if we have a million turned on self-responsible people that are creating beautiful beauty out there in the world, that might just make a difference. So that's really one of our missions. And what separates that's life so from awesome. everything else out there, which is what Missy just alluded to, is we do not tell you what you should believe. We do not tell you what you should think. We do not, we, we share our stuff and, this, and some of the stuff of the Lifeboat community simply to inspire you, to encourage you, and to motivate you on your journey. But make no mistake about it, you are the author of your Lifeboat. This is an empty system that you fill up with your own stuff. It's a Socratic system, yeah. Which is why everybody is in love with it after they're done with it because they've written a 120-page book about them, about the person that they want to become and the life that they want to live. They're mm -hmm. crystal clear on where they're going and they know exactly what they need to do to get there. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes the Lifebook system very, very different and from just, other personal development. That's programs. exactly right. It's holistic. And just going through that process without even doing our mastery course or joining our membership, just doing the thinking and getting clear, bringing that consciousness, people's lives transform. Like they start mm, living. I can see why. Yeah, they become conscious of what they're doing, what they want. It's, it's a miraculous kind of thing that happens. That is so awesome. And they get to learn from you guys on a regular basis, which mm -hmm. is so, so cool. And mm -hmm. you said, so that's packed into six weeks. So how much time, just I'm curious, how much time would you say somebody would need to commit? I mean, this sounds like a 24 hour or 20, it sounds like a 24 seven commitment over those six mm -hmm. weeks, just because there's so much that you're doing. The, the life book course consists of 14 videos and they're kind of full length videos. They're an hour to an hour and 20 minutes. So your, your average week would be okay. This week, this week is about my financial life and my career. Those are the two categories I'm exploring this week. You've got to choose the, the time and day and the place where you will not be disturbed because this is a deep friggin' dive. It's going to take you about a total of 75 to 90 minutes, an hour and a half max. And, and, and you watch the video built into that video. It's an interactive video. So we're asking you the questions that you need to answer and, and the answer, your answers to the questions that we ask you in the videos, that is your life. Book. That's the copy in your life. Book. Mm -hmm. So we're leading you through this process. It takes about three hours a week to do two categories. Yeah, three to four. And at the end of that process, you'll be blown away at what you've created. You will be blown. And the thinking that went into it will change your life forever. Because it, it changes your mind. I yeah. mean, it really does. It turns on your... You go to the next level of consciousness mm -hmm. in your own life. Yeah. That's exactly it. Well, what's just so interesting, you guys mentioned the Socratic method. I feel like we could talk all day, um, but just mm -hmm. the idea that you're unconsciously confronting people with their own answers, which then is a thousand times more valuable than you giving them the answer because that would go in one ear and out the other and have no transformation. But the second you ask a question where somebody has to think through the answer themselves, all of a sudden they leaps go leaps and bounds in growth so and the reason that that's so important is because again the fundamental premise of life book is a deep respect for the individual mm -hmm. we're not after a bunch of cookie cutter philosophies here mm -hmm. when you ask those questions to the individual you'll get a different answer from every single person and that's what we're after that's the beauty we're after helping people self-actualize in their mm -hmm. own lane yeah. right so every life book is different because every person is different and that's the beauty of the system and then we share our best practices and knowledge with each other and it goes crazy. <laughs>
That is just so awesome. And again, we have three minutes before we need to be wrapped up completely on this show. But what's just so interesting about that is asking questions is where we start with a financial picture as well. If somebody talks to us and says, how can we up level in our financial life? How can we increase our cash flow? How can we store our cash in a better bank or a better system so that I can access this capital and it has growth and safety and liquidity? And these are the things that we do on a regular basis in our work. And then this connects over as well to just to the idea that as you're creating this legacy in your family, as you're doing the most good for your kids and generations and generations and generations after you, really it comes down to saying, how can I really have my value system solid? How can I then put this tactical legal framework in place so that I can actually transition the wealth to them, the the money part of the wealth? And then how can I maximize the wealth that then enables them to live their best life, this like seed capital to start and fuel their growth. And that is something that can be perpetual. I'm going to share the one little financial strategy that we're pretty proud of that's in our estate plan. Like I said, we don't do especially any kind of tricky or fussy investments, nothing complicated. We're about making money and being very conservative with, with, with how we use that. You, you guys are so we're, smart. We're not good investors in, in most areas. We got a couple interesting areas of expertise, but, but this is the one strategy that I want to share with you because I know a lot of parents struggle with that. In our estate plan, when it comes to how much money we leave our kids, what we've done is we, we've, we've put a provision in there that, we, that our estate plan will match their income. So if you want to be a surfer, and work at a surf shop and earn 36k a year. You, we're going to be matching that 36k. You want to roll up your sleeves and start a company and, and really go for it. Your income is going to be met. Whatever you do, we're going to enhance that. But you're the driver. You're the decision maker. You're the one that gets to decide how far you want to go. We're not giving you enough money so that you don't have to do you know anything. Mm-hmm. We want to use this money to to enhance your personal development and enhance your self-actualization. So that, that I, we're, we're pretty awesome. proud of it. Mm-hmm. I'd actually never heard of that strategy before, but it's a beautiful one. And I love you. that you, you built in the responsibility or the catch yeah. or the, the redirect back onto the path. And there's nothing wrong with working in a surf no shop. If that is free lunch, baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. It's just so obvious that you guys are very intentional in every area of your life. And I think it's just super refreshing. So I just want to thank you and just honor you both for doing the life work on yourselves Mm -hmm. and being that model and being that leader where you're leading yourself, the hardest person in the world to lead. And you're saying then now I'm leading others to be able to develop this kind of relationship in their family and instill these values in their kids. And just all around be an awesome person. So thank you guys so much. It's been great to spend this time with you guys as usual. Thanks for having us on you guys. We really, anytime we love being with you guys. Bruce. (laughs) Nice to see you, man. Yeah. Yeah, You too, buddy. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. In closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business that you love. Love Take care. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. 
We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk, and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.